folks out there, if you are just joining us, then you missed the whole entire beginning of the episode and uh, the audio probably got cut off. Just kidding. We just clicked record. <laughs> this is episode 183 of Batman. You see what I'm doing here, Chuck? I'm just, just in case I want to use the audio we just did. Yeah. I'm keeping it all in. I'm, 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 I'm pivoting to the show now. I love it. I was hoping you would do that. And I don't think I didn't notice you did that cute little boyish thing where you you, had, you added that that laugh that laugh smile that's barely detectable. You know what I'm talking about? No. You did. You had a tiny little laugh when you were doing the pivot, and it was just it was you, charming. Oh, that's my it was tell. Cute. It was that's very my, cute. That's, that's my tell. <laughs> um, episode 183 of Bat and Spider. This week for the show, we watched American Cyborg Steel Warrior. A couple people have watched along with us this week. God bless. And we we appreciate that. Um, one such person, Fungi, in our Discord, Fungi72. Forget George Clooney and Julia Roberts because Joe Lara and Nicole Hansen have some serious chemistry in this one. You can almost hear the juices flowing when these two look at each other. My God. I mean... There's a little something for everybody in this movie. That's the VHS pool box quote right there. <laughs> if you're not into what Joe Laura's packing, you, you got Nicole Hansen right, sitting right there waiting. Oh my Everything's God. okay. Nicole and Joe together are finally gonna take this baby out to the ocean. Nicole's eyes where she had, remember that first trailer of uh, Battle Angel Alita? Uh, Robert Rodriguez movie, the manga, where he, yeah. he made the eyes too big and everyone complained. She's got yeah. those eyes. She's got big eyes, big ass eyes. This Nicole Hansen. I hadn't thought about that, but I yeah. think you're right. I think it's based on American Cyborg, Steel Warrior. We're gonna get we're gonna get to American Cyborg because that's the majority of what we have to talk about today, and and it's a movie that we picked for the show. So we're gonna be getting to that very soon. Stay tuned for that. Or, you know what? I never bring up, but use the old chapter, chapter uh, yeah. selection in, in your podcast app. You just click on the chapters around, or as we prefer, you just listen straight on through so we, we get that ad revenue. <laughs> you know? Dy- dynamic ads. Yeah. Um, Chuck. I hear that. Is there an airplane going over there? You Do you hear that? I hear that. Oh my God. I need I need to get... I need to get into a closet and, and staple foam into the walls. Felt like I was in uh, Die Hard 2. Because I was set in an airport, Dale. You know, I'm, I'm probably going to piss a lot of people off. Say it. I've made, if I'm lucky, I've seen the movie Die Hard. If I'm lucky. But I've seen the movie Die Hard 2 like 30 times. Really? Yeah. Cause it's, it was always on TV there for a while. And when John Amos, like, you know, likable, be your friend and your fellow soldier, John Amos is in it. And then he reaches over and slices that guy's throat at the end, Mm. near the end. Mm. Cause he turned, turns out to be a a bad guy. My world was upside down. That's one of my uh, spoilers. Spoilers. If if you, you haven't seen Die Hard 2. What year did Die Hard 2 come out, Dale? 
1990. That's one of my earliest. Wow. 1990. God, there were some there were some parenting going on in the Forsman household because I I saw this movie in the movie theater. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. So I was seven, probably. It came out in the summer. Did you have God to bless. hold your parents' pack of cigarettes as you walked into the theater? And <laughs> seven years old, going in to see Die Hard too. I don't know. I think I. I think cigarette it was a, caddy. I think it was. I think my parents weren't even there. I think it was a a brother's. Just my brothers. I think we were dropped off or something. God, that's amazing. God, I miss, God, that's I miss amazing. the old days. I got to watch that again. Older brothers in yeah. charge of Chuck. Seven-year-old Chuck. Jesus, you yeah. must have got turned out, dude. Fuck. God. Yeah. I, mean, I, feel, like, I feel like I'm a brother now, too, <laughs> listening to these stories. <laughs> William Atherton came back. Franco Nero's in that? Wow. Wow, is he? Yeah. Dennis Franz. William Sadler. I remember him. Dennis Franz is like, what, in the air traffic control tower? I can't remember. Captain Carmine something. This is a Die Hard 2 podcast now. Yeah. And yeah, like, so I've, and I've mostly only seen the cable edits of yeah. Die Hard 2. Um, but that's where I'm at in life. And you know what? If I haven't seen Die Hard at this point, what am I truly missing? And they got Rennie Harlan back to direct. God, I gotta, I gotta rewatch this movie. It's been way too long. Maybe, maybe secretly it's it's a great sequel that yeah. is uh, lost, or maybe I just I, I'm not paying attention to the Die Hard Two fandom out there, and it's just as important as Die Hard One. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh my God, I'm sorry. Uh, everyone's gonna be upset. Rennie Harlan oh did not God. direct. He only he did not direct the first Die Hard. That's somebody else. <laughs> I can't. I'm. It's. Not coming to me. He's the guy who went, he went to prison for surveilling someone. I don't know. Whatever. Rennie Harlan. Rennie Harlan? Rennie, no, no, no. Or the, um, the previous director. What's his name? John. God damn it. John. John Harlan. Oh, John Harlan. Yeah. John. No. John. If you make me edit this out. McTiernan. How could I forget? John McTiernan. Convict. Convict John McTiernan. Yeah. In a criminal wire. It's good old IMDb trivia. Criminal wiretapping case filed by the U.S. District Attorney for Los Angeles. John McTiernan pled guilty to lying to FBI agents about requesting to have Anthony Pelicano investigate producer Charles Roven during production of Rollerball 2002. Wow. I don't know. Got a one-year sentence. $100,000 failing. Is that it? $1,000? 100000 Oh, I was going to say. Sorry. Did you watch anything this week, Chuck? Or, do, or, or is there anything you want to talk about not necessarily movie-related? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. I continued my Albert Pune watch. I'm slowly working my way through the filmography of one of my favorite directors, Albert Pune. You're back. And I, I am up to Alien from LA from 1988. Um, I own this disc. I've owned it for, since it came out. I think it's a Vinegar Syndrome release. It's been sitting there. Common story. 
And the only thing I ever heard about this movie was that Kathy Ireland plays the lead, that her voice was loud and squeaky and annoying. And this is all, this is the, this is all you get. This is what you hear about this. Oh, she's got this really squeaky, high, annoying voice. And uh, see, you know, that's if if there's one thing we learn about movies on this on this show, particularly, is we don't listen to people. We, we can't listen to people. No one knows what we're going to connect with, right? It's true. I think. I think you know. I, if anything, it just teaches us to be way more open minded. Yeah. And not listen to the naysayers. Yeah. And and I'll get to the voice, but what the voice supersedes in everyone's talking about this movie is that this is Albert Pune's family, family friendly movie that takes uh, the wizard of Oz basically as inspiration. Um, but just like Albert, you know, just as Albert does, you know, he, he was hired to finish this other movie journey to the center of earth. That was like half finished. And he was like, okay, I'll finish that for you guys. If I can also at the same time, make this other movie. <laughs> Alien from LA. That's hustle. Yeah. Um, and it's just this like it. Yeah. It's, it's, she's like, uh, uh, Kathy Ireland plays this nerdy and a uh, Dale. She, he made Kathy Ireland playing a nerd. And I'm, oh my God, I could, I couldn't believe it. What? I've no. never been like a huge Kathy Ireland head, but you stick her yeah. in some big, uh, big thick framed glasses with the big lenses, you know? And the clear frames, you mess up her hair like she's a horse girl, and uh, you put her in Southern California, nineteen eighty-eight. My God, putty, putty in her right. hands. Um, God, I think if if I may interject, yeah. I Kathy Ireland, what obviously sex symbol of her time, but I think for us, she was just a few years before us coming mm. into our own. Yeah, by the time we kind of got old enough. She was already like, um, she had, had like a, her own department in Kmart. You know, she had her own fashion line at that point. Yeah, her movie, uh, I was looking at her movie career, sh- shorter lived than I remember. I, my what, my deepest memory of her was like, I, it was probably like pre me, like being really into girls was, I think I went with my friend and his dad to see Loaded Weapon probably. Oh man, she was in that, and I just remember—I have this distinct memory of the of my friend's dad being like, "Oh, that Kathy Ireland boy, woo," just saying something like that. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, 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 yep, yeah, I guess so." Okay, I remember her in <laughs> unnecessary. We're, we're, I'm completely sidetracking. You know, I apologize, but I do remember unnecessary her roughness. In necessary roughness. Yeah, necessary. I, I love that movie. I so do I. Love that movie. I haven't seen it since 1992. Yeah. But I love that movie. Yeah. I watched it a million times. Me too. Probably that summer. Oh my God. 92, 93. She's the, doesn't she, the, she's the field goal kicker or something in that movie? Oh, yeah. <sighs> Scott Bakula. Kathy. Scott Bakula. He's like the over, hill, over the hill uh, quarterback. Yeah. Giving it one last try. If you guys are searching for something to look f- to watch this, uh, Christmas season, yeah. necessary roughness. Gather Scott the kids and grandma yeah. around the TV. Hector Elizondo, huh? <sighs> Need I say more? Um, but Alien from LA, like you know, it's it's about a girl searching for her lost father, who's an archaeologist, and she goes into this wondrous 
underground land, the the, the land of Atlanta, the lost city of Atlantis, I guess, that's been underground for a long time, thousand years, I don't know. And uh, yeah, she meets all kinds of characters and gets caught up in some adventure. And I was I was thoroughly entertained. I love this movie. And oh oh, oh Kathy Ireland's voice, I found it pleasant. It's not, I, really? I wouldn't call it squeaky because she like, I think all the dialogue was overdubbed after the fact. So it's like that, it, it's that weird feeling of like, like they're in this big cavernous, they're supposed to be like underground, big cavernous place, lots of people, but everyone's dialogue just sounds like they're in a very small, quiet room right up on the mic. <laughs> so it's, it doesn't match, but it's like, but her like, it's like this breathy kind of high pitched voice. That is just, I found it pleasing. I thought it was, uh, I thought it fit her well because she's supposed to be this like wide-eyed young character sort yeah. of experiencing these crazy things. I thought it worked. Huh. So yeah, I th- Alien from LA. Uh, yeah. Give it a try. Yeah. I will. I think I think I own the Blu-ray over there. Oh, good. So, you know, maybe one of these days I get off my fat ass and put yeah. it in my Xbox and watch that thing. It's got a nice little, small interview with Albert. Uh, sitting in his back patio talking about it. It's great. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I I I do see you mentioned this movie that he filmed simultaneously Journey, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Yeah. Kathy Ireland's in that too. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's next on my so list that came out after. That's a hustle then. He's just yeah. using I mean, he's just like having same characters just filming. Yeah. Yeah. That's professional. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he always, speaking of canon, now this is a movie we watched this week as a canon, and he, every time I see an interview with Albert Pune, he talks about, you know what he calls canon? He calls them a real director studio. Because in his mind, they, they just let him do what he wanted. When they, when they gave him the green light, it was basically his show, and he felt that way. That's cool. Which is That's cool. actually kind of cool. That is really cool. Yeah. You only hear about the one side of the can of Canon, you know, like the business side of things. So yeah, that's really yeah, cool yeah. to hear that, you know, yeah. like a breath of fresh air for a creative director, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and, you know, we're not talking like a big Hollywood studio creative freedom. This is like, you know, this is not the uh, Oppenheimer, you know, this is uh right. This is Albert Pune, you know, agreeing to finish a movie, but if he can direct his own project at the same time. <laughs> yeah. The, you got to respect the hustle, yeah. Chuck. Yeah. Dale, what about you? You got any, you, you had anything going on this week, this past week? Oh, yeah. Oh boy. That's a good question. Let me, let me just, do, let me just briefly just. Mamacita. Well, um, I, I, I don't really have, a movie to talk about, but I did get to enjoy Chuck this weekend. I, I'm saying this because I want to plug this uh, plug this venture, and maybe maybe they're coming to a city near you. But in Durham, North Carolina, I got to watch Cowboy Bebop live. Now, when you say that, what do you, what do you mean by that? Every time I hear you say this, I'm thinking that's a cartoon, Dale. Right? right. How are they going to be live? Right. Right. That's the magic. That is the magic I'm about to talk about. 
Um, now is it, uh, you know, is it Spike Spiegel in a cart, like on a cartoon screen talking to the audience? No, it's not that right. But Cowboy Bebop is very highly respected and known for jazz. Like Yoko Kano is a, uh, a, 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 a composer, I guess, and composed all the jazz music for this show. And her, along with the seatbelts performed all the jazz music for the show. But what we have here is scenes of the show in, in behind like a 17 piece jazz ensemble performing live all the music from the show. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. And it was just an epic time. I, I, you know, I, obviously, you know, Cowboy Bebop, I don't like, I, you know, I don't have to what oversell it. Like, it's a touch. It's a it's a it's a cultural touchstone in anime. Like it is one of the f- pillars of anime, and everybody respects it. So you know, there you go with Cowboy Bebop. So it hit at the right time. It was on Adult Swim in my early twenties. So I just made time for it, and it's you know to this day I love it to pieces. So to to hear these musicians talented as f, like I was getting goosebumps to hear this stuff live. It was, it was amazing. And I got to give all the props to the, to the band. Uh, I think they're called the bebop bounty, big band or something like that. Um, but I had a fantastic time. I mean, it was, it's show is about two hours long with an intermission, but they play all the hits, which is what you want with some, some of the uh, screens like, in between the songs have are, are very fluid and, and like interactive with the show. Like uh, I can't explain it, but it's just an interesting way to introduce the new song with scenes from the show on there and stuff. I just, it was a really, really special thing for me to experience live. And I'm glad I went, you know, cause Chuck, I will not go to a concert quick. Oh, you know? Yeah. I will, I will talk myself out of anything. Yeah. But I'm really grateful that I got to experience this. Um, and if anybody um, sees Cowboy Bebop live coming to their coming to their town, I, I just recommend you you give it a chance if Cowboy Bebop means anything to you because it is a beautiful experience for me. And to hear like this, I mean, I love jazz. I'm not an expert, but I love jazz and this high energy jazz that Cowboy Bebop is known for for the most part is for the most part's high energy. It's just it was just an amazing time in, in the, uh, the the auditorium. I'm glad you centered uh, uh, centered that because I, I I agree. Like I I don't know anything about Cowboy, Cowboy Bebop. Same. I was the right age uh, seeing that thing come on uh, Adult Swim, but I had the opposite reaction where I I tried to watch it, but I just mm-hmm. eh, it just didn't didn't click with me. I would change yeah. the channel. Um, but I love the idea of. Dale at a jazz show, and I'm th- I'm and I'm thinking to myself, Chuck, you've you've been on this earth a long time. You've never seen live jazz before, and I, I think that's that's probably a crime. I probably need to experience that, right? Yeah, live jazz. I mean, that's yeah. You, you get a group of players. I mean, that's a that's a night. That's a night out. You know, you're gonna be moved. I completely agree. And and I, I do have regrets because I, 
you know, there used to be a there used to be a restaurant in Philly called Warm Daddy's, and I would I would talk myself easily out of never going there. Probably because you're like, well, if I, I'd I'd go if it was Hot Daddy's, but warm doesn't sound too exciting. <laughs> Luke Luke room temperature daddies. Um, can't be that great. But I I but it's the same thing. If uh, I was just talking about concerts, like yeah. I don't want to go to this jazz club and look like a noob and not experience things that you know these these uh these people in this place are going to just smell the 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 fresh fish coming in and, and you know, like laugh me out of there, which would never happen, but I can co- easily convince myself that it would. And I always talk myself out of experiences that, um, I regret not doing. And, uh, you know, the older I get, I'm just a big old piece of crap for letting cowardice control me. God, I went deep and I'm just talking about jazz. You know, this yeah. is how John Coltrane felt. I think. Old blue fingers. That's why he took heroin. What they called him. That's why he took heroin. <laughs> Should we do this, Chuck? It's time to pivot to American cyborg, steel warrior. In the seventeen years since the nuclear war, all human survivors were herded into cities now run like prisons by a computer system imbued with an artificial intelligence. Rather than eliminate the infertile survivors, the system let them live out their lives until extinction. The cybernetic organism once designed to work for the human creators now worked for the system as enforcers of the new order. It's 17... It's 17 years after... Whatever. You know what I'm saying. So everything's a mess. Uh, all the humans have been uh, huddled into big cities that have been turned into big open air prisons and they're being ruled by artificial intelligence uh, and robots controlled by that uh, artificial intelligence. And um, for whatever reason, instead of exterminating everyone that was left after the big uh, collapse, whatever, they were like, oh, let's just let them all rot in these... Uh, prisons uh they can't they can't have children anyway everyone's sterile um but uh there's there's an intrepid group of uh scientists uh filled with hope in the underground and they've they found a young woman who got pregnant and instead of having that baby inside of her they took it out and put it into a a, some blue kool-aid in a uh, in a little mason jar and she she is tasked with taking her baby through the harsh lands to the ocean where they meet up with uh, some French sailors and they're going to take, take their asses to Europe, Dale, to, to start new, yeah. uh, a fresh new human race. In and Europe. Uh, yeah. So it's her tale. Basically, I, I danced around the actual movie, but the, the whole thing is her journey to get to the ocean where she... She meets up with a, a a guide, shall we say? And they're 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 being chased the whole time by this killer robot, this cyborg guy. Mm. He's un, an unstoppable force. And so this, I, I mean, this Christmas came early. Honestly, when I when I put this thing on, <laughs> within three minutes, full on engorgement. What was it exactly? Tell me the moment that's that you were sold. 
I think it was when we see uh, our killer robot when he jacks in to the uh, yeah. the little <laughs> little input output stations where he, he talks to the the computer overlords and he pushes in his 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 little code and then he has to stick out his his little needle out of his finger and stick it into the hole. Very sexual. It's a red glowing hole too, by the way. Sticks his finger in and then he gets the 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 commands. But I think it was the shot. They they, they close in on his eyes. And it's raining out, and this guy's got this brow from, like a Neanderthal brow, and the and yeah. this big bushy. They're not bushy; they're like thick, um, thick carpet, uh, blonde, There's- blonde eyebrows, and the yes. the water is just oh. building up on the eyebrows, and then the, these big drops are dripping down. That's oh my god! When I saw that, I was like, okay, this movie's got something. Yeah, it's got something for me. My- that was my first note was, <laughs> I mean, it was like somebody washed off their white paint paintbrushes in, a, in some water and the water got on this guy's eyebrows and they like thickened his eyebrows, mm. but also they're just dripping with water. God. I mean, I don't know what was going on with these eyebrows, but I've never seen wet eyebrows yeah. act the way that these eyebrows acted. You're right about the paint, but they were, these were horse hair. Like he must have had horse hair implants yeah. on his eyebrows. They yeah, they were because they like, it didn't act like normal wet hair. It was a different yeah. kind of hair. Sable, sable hair. Say a sable coat, sable eyebrow coat. Who is this guy? Cause he, he, uh, John St. Ryan, this, I mean, round of applause for him playing this killer robot. I mean, he has almost zero. I think he does have like one line of, English dialogue, he says, but most of the time he's doing Frankenstein. He's like, oh, yeah. full on Frankenstein. Selling it. But man, this guy, he had the look. He had such an odd upper torso shoulder area that made him. I was like, there's padding underneath this jacket, but he, I think that was just him. I think he just, God stretched this boy out in strange ways. <laughs> <laughs> and he, <laughs> And he was born to play this role because he looked like a, ro- a possibly a robot in black leather. That scene near the end where he is holding on to Joe Lara's arm but hanging, <sighs> dangling in the elevator shaft. I've never seen a human stretched out as far as this <laughs> cyborg stretches his... I mean, his the the distance from the like the bottom of his ear to the, yeah. the tip of his shoulder yeah. was like Plastic Man. It was like... It was like uh, it looked like Spider-Man's uh, underarm webbing and <laughs> yeah. fleshy form. Yeah. It was, I mean, it should was we all... talk about that scene? Cause that was, I mean, that was like, uh, if, I, I, I mean, I was sold on this. I was all in, but that scene will forever live in my head. I, I <sighs> okay. So the he's scene. hanging, he's hanging down an the... elevator shaft. Our hero is holding him from the top. You know, they're, they're struggling. He yeah. cuts off the cyborg, the killer cyborg's arm. Okay. And it's flopping around and it's white milk blood, but the cyborg won't let go of our hero's other arm. And he just hangs there. I mean, you got to imagine, cause he didn't do anything special to make what happened happen. It was probably just the sheer weight of him 
just all two tons. I don't know how much he weighs. Probably a lot. Yeah, that was, I mean, this cyborg is all metal. Yeah. And he, all metal. he just, you just hang there long enough and, uh, I'm sorry, man, your arms just going to rip clean off or it's not, not even at the socket. It's like, uh, what do you call that? The upper forearm? Yeah. Is that the fibia the or the forearm, tibia? The upper arm. Yeah. Just right in half yeah. there. Right. Clean, clean right off there. Yeah, there's there was definitely our our hero tracker definitely had some sort of trauma earlier in life to make the to yeah. make that the weak point in his bone <laughs> because that's where the, that's where it came off at it was not not the socket naturally where the the bone and the meat would come come apart yeah but I I mean that was watching that thing fluff fall off and the the robot falls down the elevator shaft and and our hero screams because his arm is gone but yeah when they cut when they they go do some other movie business and they cut back they cut back and he's sewing the other cyborg's arm onto his stump Uh, that that is huge for me that you can't you it's like they reached inside of me to find out (laughs) what the perfect thing to do what I can't express how I know much I love this. I love this so much. Oh my God. It was so creative that they would include that. And they all, you know, it's just another step in making this guy as unstoppable as he was. Yeah. Like ever throughout the whole movie, he suffers like a deeper injury, like a deeper debilitating injury that would stop normal human, but not a cyborg yeah. AI but everyone is is worse than the previous. So, you know, this guy loses his cyborg arm and he falls into a an elevator shaft filled with spikes. That's it, right? Yep. That's not it. No. He 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 gets his shit together and reattaches another person's arm onto his arm yeah. because he's got one prime directive, the one thing to do. Eliminate the rebels, Chuck. And according to his database that he jacked into, there was there was one alive rebel left. This girl. Yeah. And that's what his sole duty is. Until she's eliminated, he is not to jack in yeah, and he get had new to, orders. His orders was to, to, to destroy everyone and everything in that genetic underground lab. And she, she got out of the lab and he's chasing her and that's, that's all he's got to do. That's all, you know, then he can go back, jack in and get paid, you know, maybe take a night off. I was more than pleasantly surprised to know that the actual plot of the movie was getting this lady from point A to point B. Yeah. Like it, I, I don't know why I would have ever assumed, I don't know the, I, I, I don't know why I assumed that the plot of the movie would be anything like it could be anything according to the title of the movie. But I was like, Oh, this is like, this is not a police force of, this is an army of cyborgs. This is one This is Terminator. Yeah. One hunter, one hunted hunty. Yeah. I think it's smart. They were like, they looked at the Terminator movies and they're like, all right, let's set it in the future. That's going to be, that's going to be a big enough money socket at the, uh, 
you know, for our budget is to make this uh, fucked up future. (laughs) But let's just, instead of having, you know, an army of cyborgs, let's, let's just drill down. It'll Mm -hmm. be one cyborg chasing one, one person. And then soon there'll be a, you know, they'll, well, there'll be the review that reveal that one of our heroes is secretly a cyborg. He does. He didn't even know guys. He didn't know. You didn't know. Uh, what, what, what did I just talk about? The popery movie, the popery movie that we just watched. Um, the scary movie. Mirror, mirror. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is like, this is the action movie equivalent of, of, of the popery of action. This is like the, that's the Blade Runner part of the movie. Oh yeah. There's, this, there's Blade this Runner. This dude doesn't here. know he's a, he's a cyborg, yeah. but he's a cyborg and he, he is shaken to his metal core. He's like, this is not, <laughs> This is not what no. I planned on in my life. No, and his life is hell. Like he's he's out here in uh, radioactive wastelands, you know, doing uh, doing what he can just to get that uh, the radiation blocking medicine so he doesn't die. It's not even money. He's not concerned about money or eating. It's just to get this medicine so he dies slower because uh, everything's irradiated. Is that the right word? Yeah. Irradiated? I don't know. Yeah. And life and life in the world is so grand that he wants to just drag this on a little bit longer. Yeah. So when he gets his arm severed off and he realizes there's a lot of, there's boy, there's a lot of wires in there. Oh my gosh. So great. I, (laughs) that twist, I mean, it, it, it really has nothing to do with the story, but the twist, that twist was fantastic when it happens. I felt it. fantastic because they only they only give one hint like his wound on his forehead like like five minutes before in the movie heals and they're like oh that's funny yeah and they just brush yeah. it off it's like, <laughs> oh you're a really good nurse nicole Hansen. yeah yeah and they're like <laughs> you know they have a nice laugh but uh yeah the, then, but <sighs> all them all this and this was all made more special when we find out that our hero tracker protector is not, you know, the strong silent type like Van Damme and Cyborg. He is like Cody from Step by Step. Yes. This guy. <laughs> he is one of us. He is he is Joe Everyman from 1990. Austin. With his with his language and his vocabulary and his attitude. He does he have a gym not... membership though. <laughs> does have access to a gym though. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, and at a hair salon, yeah. <laughs> right, right, yeah. He's you know he's he's getting by. He's scraping yeah. by more, yeah. th- probably better than any other yeah. people. <laughs> uh, I loved his character choice. I don't know what the, especially when you. I guess maybe to throw people off the scent. Like if he acted like a robot, you know, if he was like the strong silent type, then yeah. the 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 drop of him being a cyborg would have like not hit as hard. Maybe yeah. And also, like, he seems like he's in, you know, he gets hurt and, he, you know, he screams in pain from stuff. And I think, mm-hmm. I think the smart thing they did, like, they didn't work hard at this, but they, they did say, like, when they first sort of in the beginning, when she's like, oh, you didn't tell me, you know, he turns to an acquaintance and it's like, you didn't tell me you were being chased by a killer cyborg. And she's like, well, I didn't have time. And he's like, he's like, yeah, but it's their latest model. Which I thought, you know, just that tiny bit of information, I was like, okay, it makes sense that he is like a little more vulnerable than this, than the, the newest model. So he's like an old model 
that is maybe like more human, a little bit more flesh and blood than than metal, than opposed to the new model is is like a tank and who. That's actually you know. a smart, then it's a smart piece of dialogue just yeah. to kind of, uh, you know, string, like you do, you put the pieces together at the end. That makes a lot of sense because, you know, he knows that the newer model is indestructible, right? Yeah. Why didn't you tell me there was a cyborg chasing you? I didn't have a chance. I tried to tell you someone was after me. It's not just someone, it's a killing machine. Their newest model. Please, I need to get to the port. And whether he's an older model or he's a human, he bleeds. Yeah, he has, yeah that's, he that was the other pain. cool thing is that he bleed like the newer model bleeds milk blood like like uh, the guy from Alien, the robot in Alien. Yeah, but the but he he still bleeds red blood. So I I thought that was like a cool distinction. Yeah. Um, um man, the you you brought it up earlier. Yeah, but I really need to touch on the fact that I don't know how much this movie cost. But I appreciate that every cent went into set building and world building in this thing. Because I, for, you know, for what you presumably direct a video, Chuck, the set pieces in this thing were magnificent. This is like Escape from New York levels of yeah. quality in terms of a post-apocalypse yeah, the, in the, the world. All the sets looked incredible. I mean, it. The the only goofy stuff were were any were costuming, you know. Like sometimes, you know, they they had like the clear raincoats from Blade, another Blade Blade Runner pool. Yeah, and like sometimes yeah, exactly. that looked like that one girl who had like the two clear flaps coming off her head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, that's that's yeah. maybe you know they were having a little fun right. in the costume department. But you're right, you're right. This movie looks fantastic. Uh, it, I mean, it looks like a real bombed out almost like a real bombed out place. It was awesome. It really does. Yeah, it really does. And it, you, you really think that it covers square miles. Like yeah. you really think the way they flesh it out, you really think that, you know, maybe she, she had to get 20 miles to the coast or something, but it was effective. It made you think like every shot that they were in was not like at the other side of the soundstage or wherever it really felt like a world lived in and dis- completely destroyed like little touches here and there, like a car hanging off the side of the, um, the abutment into the, to the bay. Like that yeah. was a, that stuck out to me. It's like, wow, they didn't have to do that, but that was just a nice touch. Like the old car. Um, and so much money went into the, the sets that coming up with a, human fetus in a test tube maybe a little less money was they was didn't. maybe a little less r&d was put in you know i did i did hear that they were they were this close to approaching uh the gym the creature workshop jim henson's shop damn but they ran out of money so they had to uh yeah and you know i mean jim henson's workshop does not work for free even <laughs> even knows. with such a great idea as they american cyborgs people. yeah 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 like just to probably take a meeting with them. Money. What was your favorite shot of the fetus puppet? Oh, probably <laughs> there's so many, there's so many iconic ones, but probably anytime that thing was just destroyed in, in like being thrown 50 feet into the air and landing into the ocean. 
That every was a time, good one. Every time, like he's in a backpack on Nicole. Han- every time Nicole Hansen was like blown back and landed on her back, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh no. I know. Oh, this I has got to be it. <laughs> it's no way. <laughs> There's, it, I mean, it's, this is not, he's not encased in, in, in safety foam. No, no. This baby. He's it's still like, just a yeah. human baby in in a jar full of liquid. Yeah, it's like she's yeah, she's trying to. She's like she's got a goldfish in a fishbowl, you know, in a, yeah, a dude, hell wasteland. That's, basically, that's perfect. That is perfect because that's yeah. exact. That's exactly right. That's that is like I'd never played Death Stranding, but isn't that the plot of Death Stranding? Like okay, Norman that, Reedus is carrying around a fetus. Norman Reedus carries a fetus. Exactly. So this movie, you can look at it and be like, oh, it's total. It's ripping off everything. It's everything. a total rip off of a movie. But I got to say, we got Death Stranding ripping this movie off. And also mm-hmm. the plot. It's children of men, everybody. That movie's all about a future world yeah. in turmoil where no one can have babies anymore except this one lady who's pregnant. And yep. What's his name? Clive Owen is getting her to some port. To get her uh, to some new place where she can have her baby, and 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 the way you synopsize it in the beginning, you know, I guess her uterine lining is so irradiated that they had to get the baby out and raise oh, it outside the mother. No, no, they didn't say it. I'm just, ass- I have to assume. Yeah, but I like I like I mean, that this- about this movie is like like there are some dumb exposition parts, but yeah, but it's pretty good about just letting your imagination fill in the gaps. I know because you you don't need, you know what? You don't need an explanation for everything. Look at the world around you. It's been 17 years since nuclear war. We're lucky to exist. You know, you look at that foam fetus and, and blue Kool-Aid and you're like, yes, yes. She's going to carry this thing across a wasteland. I'm in. I don't care. I don't care why. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. And I love that there's a timer. Like she has to get it to the French boat where they have their artificial womb ready to go. And th- only got 30 hours to do it. We got to get there within 30 hours of this baby's toast. And I was, I was in hook, line and sinker. Yeah. And you know what? Like the, the entire time I, I was sold, I was in to the very end, but I'm like, th- did the guy say exactly 30 hours or did he like, we got about 30 hours to get this baby to a, into another vessel with, with breathing liquid. I mean, because they like, when they're doing like the countdown, there's five seconds left for this baby yeah. to be inside this Barbasol can. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's like on the dot, like this, this scientist, this inventor knew you got 30 hours yeah. on the dot. Do not yeah. go over 30 hours, but 30 hours, you'll be fine. It's not like you got maybe 30 hours, which could be 28 hours. It could be 35 <laughs> hours. Who knows? I know. I like the whole time I'm like screaming at my TV. <laughs> yeah. Cause one time someone asked Nicole Hansen how much time they have. She's like, eh, about 15 hours. And I was like, <laughs> uh, yeah. after I saw the ending, I was like, she probably should have been a little more precise. Like, you know, you yeah. gotta, people got to know, like, this is important. This is like, we're going to come down to the second here. We got to know right. how much time. Yeah. Left. Don't yeah. ballpark this. It's uh, it's so funny. It's, I loved it, but I was, I mean, I was in God. on this drama the whole yeah. entire time. 
Um, I'm glad I was able to weasel in the Barbasol can joke because I, that was one of my notes and I, I didn't want to just I love it. assume. I loved it. I love that the, I, I, my heart was racing at the end because they, it's like there's the bigger ship that they're meeting, but the, the smaller like tender or whatever comes out to meet them. And I was like, how are they going to get the baby all the way to the mothership? Like to get it into the, know. the artificial womb. <laughs> These French guys, they brought the artificial womb into the, the little tender there. So thank you. So, yeah, so because God. they knew they couldn't afford the yeah. hour trip back that because they only have 30 hours. Yeah. They need to build a, sh- a tender ship that has the, uh, the, the mobile hospital <laughs> yeah. right there on board <laughs> with the aligned with shower, clear shower curtains too. Yeah. To keep out. The- and, radiation and having at least one bilingual scientist doctor <laughs> yeah yeah we're gonna need yeah <laughs> who can who can like exclaim and cheer for the american people when the baby is okay the, when the when they get this baby in the yeah. better to in the better home it's 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 like new year's eve you watch the the fetus drop down the tube <laughs> God. I thought something big was going to happen oh when it got to the bottom of the tank, but it was just, yeah. No, they're just waiting for it. There, there's no sound effects. There's no like uh, them trying to like, like, yeah. you know, do something with this baby. Or like hook it it's into just, like electrodes or something at the bottom. Nothing. There's no, there's no tension at that point. Yeah. But this baby comes, this baby shows signs of life. Mm. How old is this baby? Oh, Eight weeks know. old? 20 weeks old. But it, 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 I think it turns to the camera and smiles. I'm pretty sure that happened. They're, they're like Canon, Boaz <laughs> Davidson's like Jim Henson. If you could just provide us with this one shot of a fetus <laughs> yeah. winking his eyes and letting us know he's yeah. alive, we'll take care of the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe if, if you have any extra time, if he can give us a thumbs up to right at the camera. I, I know that's that's a big ask, but if you can, if you can, only if you can. Yeah. <laughs> oh um, man, man, what else? Check out my notes here. Jesus Christ, this movie. Um, the I I just I really have one more note, okay. but the the aggressive, rapey lesbian. Oh my God! So awesome. Lady Carp, Carp was her name. Is that was that her name? Like she is a survivor. One. Yeah. 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 She is fl- a flesh and blood woman Two. Yeah. And also shout out to 1994 for them representing. You don't have to be a man to be a creep and say something disgusting to a woman. Yes. Yes, exactly. Right. Yes. Uh, I think yeah, you're right. That's a perfect character flaw for this, for this lady. Yeah. She is just, as vile as any piece of crap man could be in a movie around this time. You know what I mean? But they put it on her to be this, to, to be the creep, but maybe she's a little bit good. She's just, you know, she's just, she's got, she's trying to get hers as well and trying to survive. And maybe she's got to stick up some innocence, steal their ammo or whatever. Luckily, um, what's What was her name? Luckily, Mary, uh, had, had an in, because oh, of the American cyborg, Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God. 
Yeah, we should say they named the character Mary because she's like, yeah. yeah, she's carrying baby Jesus. It was a little, little on the nose for me, but. A little too on the nose. I'm just glad they didn't like the American cyborg who I, I'm call, I'm referring to the good guy cyborg as the American cyborg. Yeah, I think so. That's, I think that's, um, that's right. I'm glad just his name wasn't Joseph or something like that. Yeah, I know no, they, they could have, yeah, they could have, they gave him, his name's Austin. He's Austin. Austin. Which not, Austin, not which is a great name either. I don't know, but it's, just, I mean, it's just as good as like Cody. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it's exactly. The vibe they were it's going on, for. You're right with your Cody meta. Yeah. It's very much on that same line. Yeah. The, when Austin cries, Chuck. Oh, come on. Um, wait, when his arms ripped off or when, or at the end, does he cry at the end? I think he cries at the end. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When he, when he like, yeah. When he makes but when his, his arm is ripped off, he is bawling when his arm is ripped off. I know. Because he his world is crashing down around him. He did not know any of this. He didn't know he was a cyborg. Psychic break, which makes you Older think model. is he really a cyborg? How 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 human how machine is he if he's if he's crying, you know? It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Conundrum. But yeah, the tears coming out of uh actor Joe Lara. Left it on the fields. Super real. He hit the gym and he also learned to cry. This guy played uh, Tarzan in one of those 90s Tarzan shows, I think. I read that. Whoa, dude. I swear he looked familiar. Yeah. Because. I thought maybe you would be familiar with those. Because, yeah. Well, you know, I was kind of like plugged into like, if he was on a TV, if it was the TV show, like the Tarzan syndicated show that ran for a couple of years. And I remember just being cognizant of that because of all the other syndicated shows I watched at the time, yeah. like a Hercules and, and whatnot. That was, would blow my mind if that was, tar- that, that would blow my mind and be not surprise me at all because he looked like a Tarzan from that time. He could, he could have pulled it off. He wasn't yeah, was Tarzan called, in uh, Manhattan. It was called Tarzan, the Epic Adventures. It ran in syndication yep. from 96 to 97. That must have been the same time that, that there was that James Vanderbeek uh, Tarzan movie. That was like a big thug. Excuse me? Excuse me? <laughs> Isn't there a Tarzan movie with James Vanderbeek? I think I have the wrong actor. I, Tarzan. You're talking about Brendan Fraser? No. There's a lot of Tarzan movies, too. Yeah. That guy from True Blood is Tarzan, isn't he? From a couple of years ago. The Skarsgård dude. Oh, no, no, maybe not James Vanderbeek. Who was it? I found it. Okay. 1998, Tarzan and the Lost City starring Casper Van Dien, not Whoa. James Vanderbeek. Yeah, I don't know. I never saw it. I remember the commercials though. Was this straight to like sci-fi or something? No, I think it was in theaters. Wow. Yeah. You're blowing my mind right now. Yeah. Why do I not remember this? Well, yeah. Good job, anyway. Chuck. Good Thanks. job. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, Joe Lara. Yeah. Okay. Joe Lara also, I was like scanning reviews of this movie and everyone's like, ha ha ha, Joe Lara. Oh my God, Joe Lara. And I was like, what's going, what's up with this guy? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd never heard of this guy. And then I found out he is in a pretty recent HBO documentary called The Way Down about this woman Gwen Shamblin 
Laura, spoilers, who founded the the controversial Remnant Fellowship Church and created the Christian weight loss program, the Way Down Workshop. I remember. And she's this, uh, she's got a very distinct cover. look. Like she's got this big crazy hair cut and yeah, like plastic surgery face. But she uh she and our Joe Laura were married and they spoilers. Joe oh. Laura was a pilot and they they were in a plane and he crashed it and they died a couple of years ago. Yeah. Dang. Spoilers. It's probably like the end of the documentary. So, <laughs> but I kind of want to watch crazy. this because I, I need to know how much Joe Lara is in it. I mean, probably a lot. It's got to be. He's the, yeah. he's the husband. But yeah, you, you Google image search. It's all pictures of him and her holding hands and praying and stuff. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Blew my mind. Um, God, but let's get back to this movie before we uh, finish up. Um, yeah. Please. Yeah, I just, I think, so me, for me, Dale, uh, you know, again, a thousand thank yous because I'm forever searching for that Terminator feeling and, and the Terminator feeling of a ripoff Terminator that, that gets it, that, that can distill the feeling down to a few ingredients and just deliver it. It's not that hard. Yeah. It's not complicated. Um, we've seen them fail over and over and over again with these sequels. And all they got to, they, they just got to get Boaz on the phone. He's 80 years old. He's still out there producing movies. Oh God. Yeah. He's doing uh he just did, uh, he's, he, he did the first expendables. He produced that. He did uh, I think white house down. I think he did one of those. He's still out there. You get him, James, you call this guy. He knows how to do it. He can, he can, and he can do it for $5. You know? You just call him up. You, he'll get the band together and we'll, we'll get, we'll give you a Terminator sequel. All right? Dude, you, you got that right. I mean, somebody's, somebody, you know, and Boaz is probably trying to get to the money men on the, like trying to get a direct line to them. Yeah. But he can't even get through, I bet. They, they don't want to hear him out. I know. It's sick. It's sick. But yeah, but this hits a sweet spot for me. I, I, I'm i so thankful I have this movie in my life now. I, I There's no like good physical version of this, but as soon as there is, I will be lined up at midnight. Um, yes. I think there's a yes. German DVD. Uh, by the way, I rented this. Uh, kind of looked like garbage. I watched it. I rented it through YouTube. Looked like shit. Uh, I found an illegal copy, which I think is a, a rip of this German DVD. Looks fantastic. Looks fantastic. Does, does was, it really? Yeah, I was blown away. Damn, uh, this movie looks so good. Mm, I'm dying. It's I'm ripe. dying this is for ripe. A, 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 please like, new scan. I mean, even this scan looks pretty damn good, actually. Vincent, please. I know. I you don't, don't think you don't think I can't get an artist on the phone for 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 your for your collectible sleeves oh for American Cyborg Steel Warrior? I know I know one at least I, I who's hope, worked with you previous. Yeah, I hope you don't mind me delivering the artwork wet. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, and <laughs> with a faint. 
You know what we right. could do though? Because you know how their blood, you know, I, we could recycle the uh, the album covers from uh, Metallica's Load and Reload because it's like it's like the mixing of the two cyborgs' blood, one red blood and one white blood. You know, you mix those together. Do you know Do you know about those those album covers? Those <laughs> no, pl- no, tell me. Oh, I mean, okay. No, well, at least the, at least I, I, I know I know the covers, but I don't know what the lore okay. is. At least Lode, the the artist they found, they got it from, was a guy. He did a series of blood and semen uh, paintings, I guess, where he mixed his blood and his semen together. And then you get that orange. So I was, in my head, I'm like, oh, that's perfect. You, you mix the, the two cyborgs' blood together. That's what you got. Wait, the, 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 the cover to Lode yeah. was an original piece that yeah. was painted using blood and semen. Correct. Is that what you're telling me? That's what I'm telling you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't have nice things. Let me see. I don't know if, okay. Oh, yeah, here it is. Cover of load, original artwork titled Semen and Blood 3. This is the third one. Nice one. Good one. Yeah. Photographic studies by uh, Andre Serrano, created in 1990. Oh, it wasn't his blood. It was uh, Cal's blood. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, that's, <laughs> but it was, his, semen. it was his semen. So, oh my fucking god! <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. Anything else? I mean, I it, was better. I was better yeah. when I when it was just the rumor that it was like uterine lining. <laughs> oh god! It was just a, a, like <laughs> like a, like a, a, a an illustration of you know period blood. Is that what I call it? Do I edit that out? P-blood. We call it P-blood. P-blood. Um, wow. Any, anything else, Dale? I mean, I, I'm loath to let go because I feel like I'm like holding on to like a, a, like, like a loved one who's dying. Like I don't want to let it go. Just so, so what, I love it. What about reload? Is that the same oh, thing? Oh, good question. Let's see. Because it looks different. It looks like a, it's like a glowy yeah. thing. Like load. The album art uh, work was created by Andre Serrano, which is a mix of blood and blind blood. His own, oh, his own urine. Oh, a little change up. This was uh, this was titled "Piss and Blood," twenty six. God damn, that's all. I, I just, I just reacted like <laughs> when Nicolas Cage is watching those movies in eight millimeter. Yeah, biting his. This knuckle. is my reaction. I'm like biting my knuckle. I'm hiding behind my own hand. You're like uh, you're like the cyborg in uh, American Steel, ripping your face off in disgust, <laughs> just to just to get uh, just to be on the mission. Continue on the mission. Just rip this off. I'll just rip this off. I don't need this. It doesn't. This doesn't. For the record, this doesn't change my. This does not change my love for Hero of the Day. Hero of the Day, all time. Is that how it goes? It might, that's. My, I think it might be my favorite Metallica song. I'm not a what? huge Metallica guy. I'm not a huge Metallica guy. Okay, and, and, and Dale, don't look, go. I don't. Don't go no, spreading this. No, I, no. This is my podcast. I have a platform, <laughs> and I don't need. To, I don't need. No, the, I will, the, the I, heavy metal. I'm not going to shame you. I'm not going to shame you. It's too late. You liked it when they cut their hair. You loved it. I did. I did. Yeah. Corporate. Corporate Dale. <laughs> Cor- corpo. <laughs> I just learned that the guitars for, uh, I forget what he painted on his guitar, 
the guitarist for Alice in Chains, the bass, I don't know, one of them, painted something on their guitars, some phrase. Because during the recording of Alice in Chains Unplugged, Metallica were in the audience. And it was something making fun of them for cutting their hair. Like, I think oh they're friendly. God. I think they, they were, it was like a joke, but. I don't know. I was like, That's yeah, not funny get anymore. his ass. Get their asses. God. Uh, you and Mikey P. I worry about saying these stuff in front of Mikey P too, because I know Mikey P is a huge Metallica fan, but uh, Mikey P like lives and let lives. So whereas Chuck, you know, can't let me have mine. No, I'll never forget this day. <laughs> now, now is the portion of the show where we hit the mailbag. We hit the, we read your letters. We listen to your voicemails live on the air. So if you want your letter read or your voicemail played, check us out bat and spider pod at gmail.com or call the official bat and spider hotline 315-544-0966. Chuck, I'm going to blow your pants off. Okay. We, we don't have any letters this week, but we have three voicemails. What? Oh my God. Yeah. Did our whining yeah. work? Did we whine enough? I, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to, maybe but I'd like to think it was, it was separate from our pining for content. Okay. Well, our, our third voicemail just came in over the wire while we were recording. Mamacita, donde esta Santa Claus? I love Santa Claus. It's Christmas time. Mamacita. It just brings joy. There's, there's some, some commercials uh, running with that song right now. And it's just, I love it. I just, I get a tingle every time it comes on. Sounds a good song. Hey, this is a uh, listener Hobo Salary. I'm <gasps> usually an email guy. Hobo. That's Hobo. Oh my god. Wow. Have you ever heard is his this voice the first th- on here? No, I don't think so. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to finish. Um, but I had to call in for this one. Um a couple episodes ago, you guys uh brought up Wayne's World and it uh reminded me of uh something that happened to me uh god, 20 years ago. Um, so all through my early twenties, um, I had shoulder length, dark brown hair that I kept tucked behind my ears and wore a plain black baseball cap. Uh, and every now and then I would get, um, Hey, you look like, you know, Wayne from Wayne's world, which is kind of a bummer to hear, but, uh, so be it. Uh, but there was one time, uh, there, there was a, uh, like a shopping center in my hometown, uh, and there was a record store on one end and then a Best Buy on the other end. And I would just park by one of them, go in one, and then I would make the, like, you know, quarter-mile walk to the other one. Um, and this was happening one day, and a truck, you know, pulls up beside me as I'm walking, and they're keeping pace with me. And I keep hearing, you know, hey, Garth, hey, Garth, hey, Garth. And Jesus. it doesn't dawn on me what's happening. I'm just like, oh, they think I'm their friend Garth. Um, I'm not going to bother correcting them. They'll get it any second now. And it just keeps going and going. And then I kind of put it together. I'm like, oh, they think I look like Wayne from Wayne's World, but they're blowing it by calling me Garth. This is bizarre. The movie is called Wayne's World. The show on the movie in the skit is Wayne's World. It is Wayne's World. 
Garth is just living in it. I don't know how they fuck it up that bad, <laughs> yeah. but they do. So when it dawns on me what's happening, I, you know, turn to my left and I say, uh, don't you mean Wayne? <laughs> and they stop and they look at each other kind of confused and then they yell, fuck you. And I'm pretty sure, <clears throat> you know, homophobic slur followed that and they yeah. sped off. Thought, Jesus, hobo. What the hell did I do? My God. It's not my fault that I'm not Garth. You know, right? Um, but yeah, anytime Wayne's World is mentioned, uh, that's the first thing that comes to mind. All God. right, later, guys. Obo, my God, oh, what? A t- God. That's that's worse. I mean, it's wow. one thing that you're going to get made fun of for looking like Vane Campbell, but wow, that's a total black sheep, David Spade. Like something tells me, I just want this truck to keep going. And as soon as it, when the story started, I knew it was going to end with, uh, yeah, that F word being thrown around <laughs> from that truck. I knew it, but Hobo geez, had to correct Hobo, them. To- thank you for sharing. Um, <laughs> it's, a uh, it's an ugly world we live in. You said it, Chuck. With unfunny people God. and dumb people. They're out Hobo, there. if you've left voicemails previous, we apologize if we don't remember. Um, but please continue to uh, communicate with us. We love you. Great voice too. Love that little that southern. You can hear the southern in his voice. I like that. Okay, here we go. Hey there, Chuck and Dale. Oh my God, Mikey, Mikey P. Calling from uh, an empty gym. Working on my New Year's resolution to call into the show more. And I'm not talking about 2023 upcoming. Or 2024 upcoming resolution. This was last year's resolution. <laughs> so you can see how this year went. I was thinking about Dale saying his first paycheck from dishwashing was what he spent it on. I think it was VHS of Revenge of the Nerds, Commando. Mine was Uncanny X-Men, number 266 I obtained for $30. Took oh me about six hours to get that comic. wonder what Chuck's was. Also, for the record, my mascot in high school was the Indians. Our newspaper was called the Chieftain, and uh, the yearbook was called Wampum. So, yeah, maybe you change it now. Anyway, I love you guys, and um, happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Let's see if I make the shot. Oh my God! Game on the line. See what happens. One-handed. Not a good sound. Nope. I lose the game. I can tell he didn't make it. My crush saw me, puts her head in her lap. <laughs> the other team celebrating. I go in the locker room. Mick and, and the cry. dragons. Yep. That's my sports fantasy. <laughs> Bye. Thank you, P. Just wait till he gets bit by a werewolf, though. Yeah. The, yes. Exactly. Um, I zoned out a little bit. He. This is the first comic he... His first comic? This is, no. Not his first comic. This is the first thing he bought with his first paycheck. Oh, first paycheck. Which okay. was, what, the first appearance of Gambit, Remy LeBeau, X, Uncanny X-Men 266. Now, I don't know a lot. I don't know a lot of this nerd shit, but I know there's contention with this, right? Yes, Where it's you're right. Yeah. First, the first cover appearance because he's in the, pre- not the tech- previous issue, right? You're right. He isn't. Yes. Yes. 
he is technically in the issue before this. You're right. But when it comes to Gambit, it's all eye candy. So you you want to see the you want to see the lad. You want to see those legs, those tight mm. leggings. Those I'm looking at those haunches right now. Those, those sea gutters. Those pink sea Enter gutters. the mutants. Yeah. Those cum gutters. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Uh, Enter the mutant called Gambit. I bought that issue. I wasn't. I I th- I definitely I think got it off of eBay because you know I'm I'm an eBay boy. Wow. I was back then. That's awesome, Mikey P. I'm glad you that. Thank you for contributing one with your story on what you purchased with your first paycheck. Anybody who wants to can keep that up, keep it coming. That's a cool cool thing to talk about. And Uncanny X Men two sixty six. Of course, I knew Mikey P and 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 I share. We share so much, yeah. you know, including our love of Gambit. Um, I wish he, he'd only known about our Metallica segment before he had left the voicemail. Oh my god! Also, um, I'm going to award Mikey uh, five extra points for creative uh, atmosphere from that. that I loved the. Um, the echo or the reverb from the uh, basketball gym area. Yeah. Theater yeah. of the mind. And the ball bouncing. P, Loved it. He's a creator, first and foremost. See, you, think, you know, most people would be like, I can't call the show from a gym. It's going to sound wacky, but not, not Mikey P. He, he recognizes art when he sees it. Yep. Yeah. And he's, and he's, and he's plotting movies. He's, he's thinking about, mm-hmm. You know, he's probably thinking about uh, how he's going to illustrate the next album art for his yeah. podcast, The Movie Mixtape. You guys should listen to that. One of my favorites. I love it. And uh, Mikey P in 2023 was brought on as a full-time host, and uh, it's been amazing ever called since. Up. It was amazing before that, too. Called up to the big leagues. Yeah. And also, I mean, if Band Spider has a street team, it's a street team of one, and that is Mikey P. He, he, he stickers everything he sees. South Florida is just peppered with bat and spider. You go to South Florida and you, you would be, you wouldn't be laughed at for thinking that bat and spider is the biggest podcast in town. Right. That's the only place you wouldn't be laughed at. Yeah. We got one, we got one more voicemail, Chuck. We got to get out of here after that. Hit me. We got one more voicemail to contend with in Riverside, Chuck. And then we, then we can move on past this segment. Just give me, just give me a second. Okay. I got my first Christmas present in the mail today, Dale. Did you? Yeah. From a good friend. He doesn't listen to the show. Michelle Fife, cartoonist of Copra. Oh, uh, he sent me. He's a friend of the show though. Yes. Forever friend. He sent me a kiss pencil case. Okay. That's amazing. And inside of that, I unzipped it and it was this genuine uh, action figure of Ultra versus Nightman. That's which I believe we gift. talked about on one of our live episodes. We went into it. Uh, yeah. Nightman hole. So, yeah, we did. I, wow. Very excited. Look at his hair. You see his hair? Yeah, you don't see that. Um, you don't see that kind of quality or creativity much. He, he, does he share a mold with Lion-O? Is that what we're looking at here? Is that Lion-O's hair? I don't know, but the but the wind was blowing when uh, the mold wasn't taken. 
Um, Michelle, Fife, that was a, that's a great gift. No, no, no. Sorry to my family, but no other gift is going to top that. So. Third voicemail. Yo, what the fuck is up? <laughs> hi, it's Evelyn. Oh. Um, I just wanted to say Evelyn. hi. I've been meaning to call and uh, keep forgetting. Yeah. And I would love to say that it's the weed's fault, but it's not. <laughs> Anywho, thank you so much for making a really dope and horny community. <laughs> and yeah, thank you so much for being yourself. And um, I don't know, I'm really sleepy, but I just wanted to call in. Okay, love you, bye. Wow, thanks, Ev. Um, and I mean, yes, we are a horny podcast, but I gotta say, uh, once Ev joined the community, the listenership, uh, things around here got exponentially more horny. I think. W- would you agree with that, Dale? I did personally refer to Yo Ev as uh, my horn Sherpa, <laughs> but <laughs> I think like like a quality tea flower that you would put in some hot water. Mm. You know, you let it, you let it steep in the flower blooms. It comes out. I think yeah. that's our discord now. Like, uh, she dropped herself as the tea flower into our discord of hot water and everybody else kind of like, you know, like the pheromones are just bouncing all around this joint now. And we're, we're, our, I think we're more ourselves if I may. I think, I think what was uh, pre Ev, I think, I think everyone was a little, um, little cautious. Uh, everyone was like, uh, maybe I'll tease a little bit about, uh, I like horny things, but right. still like yeah. a little reserved, a little reserved. Ev comes in like a wrecking ball. Herself. All of a sudden yeah. everyone's like, oh, this is, this is okay. This is right. uh, 2023. We're allowed to be horny. Okay. All right. And uh, yeah, just, just feels like, uh, feels like 1969 in there, Dale. I love it. Swinging, it's a swinging scene in the Bat and Spider Discord, yeah. I think, and uh, loosened everybody up. Let everybody know that it's okay to be yourself. It's okay to be horny. <laughs> yeah, and now it's yeah. like, what was that movie we watched uh, in the dungeon? <laughs> Barb Wire. No, the incest movie. <laughs> no, what's the porno we watched? I can't remember. Oh, Taboo. Taboo. It's like, remember she goes to that party. Oh man. Yeah. That's is what, that part of our Discord now? That's what it is. That, yeah, I think that's what's happening now. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. You walk into that wow. room, your eyes are popping out. We don't, we, 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 it's funny. I mean, because we definitely watched that movie, but we definitely have not talked about it since. Yeah. Maybe it's time to go back. Maybe we need to finish the uh, quadrilogy, <laughs> however many there are. <sighs> Ev, thank you for that. And, um, you rock. Thanks yeah. for calling. Yeah. Very much appreciate it. Chuck, with with that, finally, with that ordeal, finally over. Yeah. CC Riverside. It's time to pick a movie for next week. For next. Hey. It's time to pick a movie for next episode. I'm ready, Dale. I'm ready. Are you ready? Oh my God, yes. I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> I, this is a long time coming. Uh, people have been asking for this. Like, when are you going to, when are you going to do? When are you gonna, everyone's asking, what are you going to do this? You're DMing me and I'm just leaving them on red. I'm leaving them on red. You know, that's what they say, right? Leaving them on red to silence. But Dale, uh, can you uh, type in your little computer there? 
from 1991, Cool as Ice. Oh my God, uh, are you serious right now? <laughs> I just got a little uh, tingle up in my, uh, it went through my oh. my insides up to my jaw. <laughs> I, I wanted, This I is <laughs> unprecedented. This might be the most famous movie we've ever watched. And we watched The Hitcher, people. <laughs> This is going to be big. I, I cannot believe I am going to watch cool as ice for the first time ever. It's going to be, Oh, it's going to be so yeah. First time. I mean, I remember watching the trailer on videotapes, uh, back in the day. Yes. And just wondering what was this possibly on like the turtles two tape. Maybe do you think he was able to pull the strings and get that? Get that to happen. I wouldn't Man, be surprised. Yeah, imagine the money that exchanged hands back then for getting your trailer on a video, videotape of like a hot movie. Oh, dude. Yeah. Wow. How? Like, yeah. I mean, if a VHS is going to feature three to five trailers yeah. out of all the trailers you could possibly reach uh, wow. or feature, how much money are you paying to get your trailer on a VHS <laughs> that's going out to millions of people? I know. It's going to be thousands. in millions of people's libraries for years. Uh, wow. So yes, um, <laughs> cool as ice, vanilla ice's vehicle, uh, needs no introduction, but when a girl has a heart of stone, there's only one way to melt it. Just add ice <laughs> freewheeling a motorcycle riding musician. Johnny rolls into a small town with his band and meets Kathy, an honor student who catches his eye. Meanwhile, Kathy's father after being in the witness protection program, oh my God. is finally tracked down by two corrupt cops as he escaped from years ago who want the money he owes them. Jeez. <laughs> what? Wow. Uh, starring, Chuck, one Uncle Sidney Lassick. Wait. <gasps> oh, my God. Is, I that why you, is that why you picked this movie? Is I that didn't why you even know. Holy shit. Michael Gross, too. Uh, from uh, Family Ties and Tremors fame. I, I this doesn't seem real. Should we? This should be a, I know, a pay it, only episode. I mean, you, that's are, the, you are gifting these people. I know. I felt. I felt. Uh, I felt like we owed it to the audience for those three voicemails. I said, you know what? I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick a real. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give everyone a little, little juice, a little charge. Everyone's gonna. Everyone's just gonna walk a little bit faster this week, knowing this is coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're gonna they're gonna tip their baristas just you know maybe a, a dollar or two more than usual, and this is why. Um, yeah, cool as ice. You gotta rent it. Sorry, but hey. after after this week's rental, I I felt uh, like I had carte blanche. Right. Um. Or you. I mean, maybe you're lucky enough to own it physical. It's true. You know. Uh. But. Damn! So, oh, it looks like it's it's free on Free V. Oh, is it? Okay, which is the Amazon oh. jobber? Oh, okay, okay, good. But everybody out there, I mean, this is like episode two hundred material here, but it's going to be for episode one hundred eighty four. <laughs> cool as ice. Chuck picked it. Next episode, please watch along with us and uh, get your reviews in. We got we got some. We got some fours and five stars in here and also some one stars and some one and a half stars and runs the gamut. So, runs the gambit. Runs the gamut, but what would you expect any less? Have you ever heard anyone 
I love I lo- the second reason I love watching reality shows are people messing up sayings like that. And the amount of times I've heard people say, run the gambit. This runs the gambit. <laughs> it's right up there with uh, a scapegoat for me. Um, one of my last, re- the run the gambit. That's amazing. <laughs> one of my, one of them, one, a, a realtor that I worked with in the past. Yeah. Every conversation. I mean, it was one of her favorite sayings, but she would say it would be who of you. <laughs> and I, I mean, my eyes popped open every time she said it, like, is nobody else hearing this in this room right now? She, I mean, she is in her forties. Oh my God. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It oh. would be who of you to stage the house to take pictures it would be who of you to kind of clean up the yard a little bit so we can sell this thing. I live for that. This is like, oh my God. I feel <laughs> so like I'm watching that. American Cyborg again. <laughs> so good. I would be who of you. We're ending on such a high note. Wow. God. What an episode. This We got to cut this off or else. Yeah, this is a Hall of Famer. Left. This is, I mean, I'm going to have to cut a half hour out of this episode. I know. But just think of the clip show we're going to have. <sighs> Baby, just think of that month off we're going to be able to take in another six or so. Well earned. Um, before that, Chuck, go to batandspider.com, buy t-shirts, buy our stickers, join our Kofi, and get access to an archive of, of past episodes exclusive to Kofi subscribers. We just, we just lined up another host. You're going to poop your pants on this one. Until then, we're going to see you folks next time. (laughs) Good one. Just add ice. theme song was created by Toby Forsman of Whipsong Music. Find out more at whipsongmusic.com. This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast. It would be who of you to just add ice. <laughs> hey, Dale, uh, you want to melt that girl's heart? It would be who of you to just add ice. <laughs>